for 25 years. Nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to the Masters Class. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Yo, what's going on, Busted Open Nation? Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast, a Hall of Fame and Pain edition, a first time ever Hall of Fame and Pain edition of the Busted Open Podcast. I am Bully Ray. My tag team partner for today is the world's strongest man, a fellow Hall of Famer, uh, a good friend, and a Damn handsome man. You can watch him on AEW uh, behind the booth on Rampage getting the announced jobs done. Although I love you backstage when you're interviewing people. Mark, how are you today, my friend? I'm doing good, man. It's good to be a part of this master's class edition. Listen, I'm enjoying myself backstage. Uh, on the announce table is fun. Uh, but you know what? You, you have to have a certain level of polish. Uh, to be the main guy, and I'm not the main guy. So, you know, I accept my role. I know my role and know when to shut my mouth. But the backstage, that's my territory. I love it. The the first couple of weeks that I was that I watched, you know, like obviously that first week with Taz and Jericho and um and Excalibur and yourself. I mean, it just especially with Taz and Jericho, heavy hitters that can know how to talk, talk. I mean, Taz did like seven or eight WrestleManias. Jericho is like, you know, the, the, the front man of pro wrestling, like, like a David Lee Roth or a Paul Stanley. So you do have to kind of find your spot. But then I saw you backstage and, bro, instantly I was like, bang. I love Mark backstage because you bring a credibility to the interview. It's like, I know I'm a Hall of Famer. I know I'm the world's strongest man. I know I'm a former world heavyweight champion, but I want to talk to the boys. I want to be on the same. I am one of the boys, and I want to be on the same level of one of the boys. And I think you help get guys and gals over backstage better than they at the announcing table. Not that you can't do it at the announcing table. I just enjoy it more with you backstage. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate the good word. So let's uh, let, let's bring everybody up to speed on today. We're dedicating today's podcast to somebody that is very close to us and meant a lot to our careers. Uh, we're going to be discussing May Young. Mark, when the idea was first handed to, to me, when, when we got that text message against, uh, about May Young, I didn't answer real quick. And you would have thought that I would have been like, oh, Absolutely. But I didn't answer quick because 
I was like, man, I've spoke about May so much. I don't know what else I could possibly say. I don't know what new stories I can tell. I really didn't know how, what new spin we can put on this that wrestling fans haven't heard in a long time. But then I was like, me and Mark have never just spoke about her together. And I don't think together. that, I don't think May has had more of a, of a, an, an effect on anybody's careers than yours and mine. And I, 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 I don't want to speak for you, but May Young got us over. It definitely got me over. Um, you know what? I, I, I told you, like, I thought the first question is how you met. And I met May at the same time that I met Moolah. Um, they came back for a spot. Like, we did the, the WWE um, did a legend show. They did a throwback show. And they came back for that show. And then they never left. They was that instrumental in that first show, that throwback show. I come in the back, and May and Moolah are coming in, and I recognized them right off the bat. And I introduced myself, and May said, oh, my God, you're bigger in person than I, you know, that raspy boy. Oh, my God, you're bigger in person than you are on TV. And um, I said, well, I'm, I'm going, to, going to catering. If y'all want to know what catering is, it's this way. <laughs> And she was like, of course you may may said, of course you're going to catering. <laughs> <laughs> and that was how we met. And I, 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 I love those women. They, they both did a lot in the sense of telling me the history of wrestling and the plight for women in wrestling, because that's the qu first question I asked them. You know, I, I wasn't working for Sirius XM back then, but as a wrestler who loves wrestling, that was I always ask the, the old timers questions because I just want to know. And I ended up riding with them. And that was, that was the best thing that ever happened in my wrestling career as being on the road because I drove, they had trouble seeing at night and, <laughs> <laughs> and they sat up front with me and we, you know, I just asked, her, I was like, man, you, you wrestled in Texas, like uh, she was, and she just went in, and she started telling me how they treated her and and how bad it was. And uh, eventually, she started to meet uh, other other female wrestlers, and then they would all get a locker room by themselves. But there was a time when there would be only one woman on the card, just like there would be only one black person on the card, and during the time of segregation, the black person usually dressed alone in a hallway, a closet, or uh, uh, somewhere, and so did the women. And she was like, you'd be surprised at how similar it was for black wrestlers and women. And she told me that story, and I just was just blown away. Um, but there was some good that came out of that. She got respect. Cause she was a beauty queen, and I'm gonna I'm gonna text you a picture of her that she that that I I pulled up online years ago. I think um, I know the picture, bro. She was beautiful, like beautiful. drop dead gorgeous. Uh, Miss Texas, like 
you know, there was a lot of accolades that came along with her. But some guy, some asshole, um, came in and hit her with the, come on, babe, you can come over here and, you know, dress with me. I'll take care of you and yada, yada, yada. Right, right. And she was like, well, I mean, if you're going to disrespect the lady, at least um, zip your pants. And he looked down to pull his zipper up. She kicked him in the balls and put the boots to him right there in front of all the boys. And, of course, you know, it got broke up the way you would think it got broke up. She got pushed against the wall, and, um, you know, there was nobody there to have her back. And she kind of got, you know, a bad reputation. But she also got a good reputation with the promoters because they knew that she wasn't going to take no shit off nobody. And, like, um, man, she was special, man. I mean, it's... You, you got you got a, a telltale, and it don't matter if you tell the same story. I've told that story a hundred times. Yep. Like, but but this podcast is about uh, our first meeting with her, and something that you feel like is going to be instrumental in uh, your development. And it's stories like that, and I and I heard that story before, and that's why I said May is the toughest man I've ever met in my life, and when I call May a man, I mean that in a respectful way. This was a business back in the day for men, man's men, real, just, you know, men like we know, and May Young beat the shit out of one of the boys for disrespecting her, and she did it in front of the boys. For disrespecting her so yeah taking a bump or taking a table bump blah 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 that's nothing in comparison to beating up one of the guys and and women like may dude you know how rough they had it it was Shit. coming up back then was a completely different world much tougher than me and you had it and night and yeah. day compared to what they have it today so I don't remember the first time I met May and Moolah because during that time for me, as I'm sure for you, things moved so fast. And yeah. you and May, May, you and May got connected at the hip storyline wise. For me and Devon, it was we put Terry Runnels through a table, and then they saw the reaction that got. And then Vince wanted to take it to the next level. I don't even know how we got involved. I don't remember our first story because I know that we had actually had a couple of matches together. You were in angle. We, we ran some angles together because you were protecting May. Well, the things that I do remember were her willingness to do everything. And, and there are anything. a lot. Absolutely, and uh, I was I was shocked by the things that I saw, and obviously the willingness, the toughness, and there's so many stories out there that I've gotten either watered down or embellished through the years, and hopefully I can do the stories justice today on the master's class so people know the absolute truth. So when they came to us and they said, "Go ahead, Mark," I know you got something for me. I I want to the story that I, I've always loved to hear you tell is what what may said to you when y'all started coming up with the fact that you were going to put her through the table once I was down. I was not there for that conversation. And every time I hear it, it just, it just makes me go, that's her. That's her. When we first ran through this, like 
I have an 80 year old woman in my hands. I'm not taking into account at that moment just how tough Mae Young really is. Just how grizzled of a veteran she is. How hardened her body had become from the wrestling business. It didn't matter that she was old. You get guys like Fez and Gotch, they were old too. And you couldn't, you couldn't bend those men because you know how the business and the road and the ring just, just gnarls hardened your body into a callus that just can't be hurt and that's how she was so i remember like doing some walkthrough stuff with her and being very very ginger with her and taking it easy and that first time on tv me and devon slammed her to give her the what's up headbutt and mark if you go back and watch it if you got wwe network on peacock i pick her up for the slam and I put her down so easy. I basically placed her down on the mat. You know, picked up her legs. Devon gives her the headbutt, yada, yada. We get into the back. And she is making a beeline for me. And she snatches me by the wrist. And I'm talking snatches me, Mark. Shoot grabs me by the wrist yanks my wrist down, pulls me into her. And she said, a hot shot. If you're going to slam me, you slam me like one of the boys. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> God damn it. I know what she said. I can just, man, I heard her tell me several times. She was like, if we're going to do this, it's got to be believable. And... I was like, listen, I'm going to go the extra mile. And she was like, well, let's go. And when you say that she wants to go there, and I said, mate, you're not going to get mad and hit me if I kiss you, right? And she was like, hell, I've been kissed by a man a bunch of times. <laughs> well, shit, let's go. And I kissed her like I loved her. Yep. And, and, and we... Man, she just got on and I came. The biggest congratulations that I got was from two people. From Moolah and from Vince. Because when I came through that curtain out, I tongue kissed her like, like she was my girlfriend. And we came to the back and Moolah just came up and hugged me and kissed me. She was like, oh my God. And squeezed me. And Vince was losing his shit. And you don't get Vince to lose his shit very often. <laughs> and brother, like I'm telling you and everybody listening that that was one of the most complete wrestling moments I ever had because it was a historical greeting. When I came in the back, Pat Patterson was there and Vince was there and Jim Ross was there and May was like, and Moolah, we, man, we just was all like doing a jumping hug. It was, I don't know, I've had it a couple of times in wrestling, but that was the first time. And um, the second time we did the Valentine's Day deal, the, the us at the hotel, we had dinner and, you know, all of that uh, Netflix and chill, flipping the channels. And we're in bed together. And I have these silk boxes on, red boxes on. And, you know, like, uh, Silk boxers, they have a button in you know in the front and one button. The button one broke. button. <laughs> one, one and it broke. 
it just because it, it, I was too big for them fucking shorts. First off, and yeah, you when are. I sat down, ping, if if you would have been close, it would have hit you right in the foot and killed. So now we're trying to jimmy it closed, but it's just not working. So I'm like, okay, I get in the bed and we're doing the scene and. <laughs> And, and May keeps sticking her hand under the covers trying to get me. And I'm like, stop, stop. And Bruce Pritchard is producing this. And he, he hey, if you ever get a chance to talk to Bruce Pritchard about this story, he almost died. He was laughing so hard that he swallowed a bunch of his own saliva and couldn't breathe and was on the floor. <laughs> Like choking and laughing at the same time. And they're like, May, I don't know where the fuck she got a cigar from. She pulled a cigar out of a bag or something and started smoking bag. a cigar in the hotel. And they it said, was huge. You can't you can't do that. And she was like, the hell if I can't. I just lit it. <laughs> and they were like, No, you gotta put it out. We we're gonna get in trouble. And she ah, right, bunch of pussies. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I'm, I had the time of my life in that one segment. And she did that for almost 50 years. And yep. giving that back to the business, man, I wish she was alive to tell some of the stories because I, I, I probably would get it wrong. But um, there was a time when women came from, everybody had a gimmick. Yep, and they were like, "May, what's what's gonna be your gimmick?" And May was like, "Well, I don't, I don't really have a gimmick. Uh, I'm, I'm May Young, and whenever somebody comes to the ring and needs to get tested, I'm the one that tests them. That's my gimmick." She was the woman tester to see if you was real enough to be a professional wrestler. She was the and, shooter. God damn it, she was the shooter. And and for those people that don't remember, go back on the network and watch Mae Young, pull her up on the internet and on YouTube. Like she was amazing when she was man manhandling women, manhandling yes. woman. She was the female Fit Finley. If you watch Fit Finley, you you watch Mae Young. It's the same thing. I, for me, it's the female Johnny Rods because if you remember Johnny back in the late seventies. Johnny was Vince Sr.'s shooter. Shooter, yep. Jo Johnny never got a real push, but if Vince Sr. had problems with somebody in the locker room, you were in the ring with Johnny Rods. And there are stories about legends in this business who had to get in the ring with Johnny who begged Johnny, Big. please, please don't expose me out there. Please what don't the, make what, me. What do you want me to do? Yep. Like yep. let's let's before we go out there, what what does the boss want? Yeah. Well, he wants you to show up on time and quit being an ass in the locker room, and you know, quit arguing about your pay. Right, done. Yep. <laughs> Just don't kill me. That's it. 
as 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 the stories start to come back to me, Mark, about May, um, you know, obviously she grabbed me by the wrist. That was my first like run in with her, where I knew that this woman was all business and I couldn't hurt her. And then I remember the night that we had to put her through the table, and this was this was a big deal. You know, Terry Runnels was so tiny; she was ninety pounds, soaking wet with a brick in her pocket. I knew I could control her perfectly. May was a little heavier, and obviously she's an older woman, and I and I want to take care of her. So we pre- we put out a crash pad during rehearsal for this one and i'm not a big rehearsal i'm not a rehearsal guy i'm a turn the red light on and let's let's do what we got to do kind of guy but they wanted to go through it obviously for may's protection so you know how to tell may you know may put your crotch right in my face devon's gonna pick you all the way up he's gonna have you locked in just try to stay balanced up there so we do it onto the crash pad and we land perfectly but when you land we're in a position where her female parts are right up against my male parts and at 80 years old she must have lost control a little bit she let one fly and it rippled right through my nuts <laughs> I was so I was so embarrassed for her. I know sold it, but it's the weirdest feeling to to have that happen to you. And I didn't I was like, oh that kind of felt interesting. I don't know how to feel about this, but yeah. So hey, yeah. did you did you ever hear the story about when she gave uh the Bronco Buster to Shane McMahon? Yes. And yes, and but she, go ahead. She she told the lady in catering, hey, can you get me a can of tuna fish? And she was like, well, yeah, I can get you a can of tuna fish. You, you, you know, like, you want mustard? And, and I, she said, no, no, just, just give me a can of tuna fish, open it up, and I'm, I'm, I'll take it with me. So fast forward, like, they do the rehearsal, and she does the Bronco bust on Shane, and then she goes back before the show starts and she takes her underwear and her gear and she rubs the tuna fish and pours the juice all over her gear. And and then she hangs it up and just let it ferment all day. So now uh, May is, you know, she went and told Vince, she was like, hey, I, I just want to let you know, I want to get in the heat. But, um, you know, when when I give this Bronco Buster to Shane, like I, I rub tuna fish all over it, and I'm put it all in his face, and of course Vince starts crying, laughing. Yep, yep. He, he love a good rib more than anybody, and uh, and I can attest to that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and brother, go back and look at it when made. She did it a couple of times to different people, but. It was the best with Shane. And Shane was trying to, you know, he's down, he's taking the rock up, and you see his hands leave the rope and go like this. Come up over his face. He's trying to shield his face. And and that was May, man. She she was an old school ribber. She was she was one of the boys, man. And you know, I loved her to death. And you said what significance she had on our career. Um during that time, 
I was starting to make a run. I had really learned how to wrestle now. And, but I had no, my personality was only world's strongest man, Olympian, um, sexual chocolate was just really getting going. And the relationship that I had with her in China, um, me going to her was unbelievable because now the stuff I did with China, a lot of time was serious, except for the time we went on a date. Everything I did with May was supposed to be comical and supposed to be humorous. And uh, us having a baby and, you know, us, me fighting and, you know, the Dudleys beating me up and then her coming to my rescue. Like, it, nobody expected none of that stuff. It was it was brilliant, brilliant stuff. And she added a layer to my career that if it wouldn't have been for those times, I think that sexual chocolate would have been average. Like, she made that character mean something. And I thanked her every time I saw her, I hugged and kissed her. Thank you what you did for me. I, 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 when she died, a piece of me died. And I told her all the time I loved her. So I, you we always say, give your flowers while you're alive. I always gave May her flowers. Yep. And I yep. had no regrets. So when I say this to you, Bully, like, I honored her. And I still honor her every day that I live in this business. I try to never forget her birthday or the day she passed away on social media, you know, passed away. I always put something up on social media. And like I said earlier uh, in our chat, she got us over. Um, it's yep. all about the moments that we create. People will always remember the moment of you and her in bed or you and her with the birth of the hand. And obviously the moment of us, you know, putting her, you know, jumping off the top of the stage at Monday Night Raw when the Raw stage used to be 15 feet high yes. and crashing down through the two tables. And I remember telling her, I said, May, keep your hands tucked behind my head. I can control you better. And she told me, what do you think? I don't know how to take a bump. And I was like, Jesus. I said, this lady's just going to do whatever she wants to do. And I'll be damned if when I didn't jump off that stage, she let go. We went flying. We hit perfectly, perfectly. She took it like better than anybody could have possibly. And now that moment gets played over and over again in the WWE because it's just one of those Historic moments that'll moments. live for. And without her, we don't have that moment that lives forever. I got yeah. into a discussion. I got into a discussion with Austin on Busted Open one time, and he's telling me he's like, "Bubba, Becky really doesn't need to drink a beer with me." I'm like, "Yes, Steve, she does. Because if Becky drinks a beer with you, you're gonna help get her over, just the way you needed Vince to help you get over. We all need somebody. Somebody has to get us to that next level. And then once you get to that next level, you always have to search for somebody above that." Mark, after the stage bump, we're in the back, and she walks me over to Vince McMahon, and she tells Vince, I want the kid to do me off the top of the cage. And Vince was Holy like, shit. Vince was like, oh, 
<laughs> I don't, May, I don't know if we can do that. She's like, no, Vince, I want to go off the top of the cage. I trust him. She wow. suggests she wanted to, me to give her the super bomb off the top of a steel cage through two tables. How we would have pulled it off, I never, we, we never got there, obviously. But that's how, first of all, the trust she is the biggest. You. It's the biggest compliment you can be paid as a performer because you know somebody saying, I'll take my life, I'll put it in your hands, and I feel good about it. Wow. To go Bro, straight to honor. the boss. Totally honor. was. To go straight to the boss, for me to hear it, you know, it was such a big deal. Um, um, you talked about being in the car with them, which to me is fascinating because you know we, we all know as young wrestlers, especially if you've been brought up the right way, you want to gravitate towards a veteran that you know enjoys talking to you and that you can get in the car with because that's where we really learn in the car in the car so but i don't like, know i don't i don't know if you ever rode in the car with two beyond middle-aged women her and no. <laughs> her and moolah argue constantly that's not what he said we you that's not even the wrong right town we were in philadelphia and it did just i'm like don't say nothing, just, <laughs> hey, Mark, um, when we, the next gas station, pull over, I got to go pee. All right, 50 miles. Mark, the next gas station we pass, pull over, I got to go pee. Bro, if you was on a three-hour drive where you really had to hump and it was three hours, it took five hours. And I never complained one time because I got to hear them tell stories about people that we watch in videos to learn how to wrestle. She, she spilled the beans, you hear me? Tell a friend, telegram, tell Mae Young. Bro, she <laughs> told me everything. And I, I, I love her for that. And in confidence, there's things that I would never repeat but about her personal life. But I tell you this, she enjoyed her life. For every wrestling fan that ever got the chance to meet her and get an autograph, you should cherish that autograph because um, she was one that enjoyed it and she felt self-worth based upon how the fans treated her. And that was, that, that was humbling for me because I was a little bit arrogant at that age and I was Mark Henry. I was an Olympian. I was a star. I was on TV. I Shit, I had made a million dollars already. Like, I, I, I shit, I, I was over. And she was like, you know what? She never told me you need to humble yourself. But I think that a roundabout way she was talking to me about humbling myself. Mm. And I got the message. Interesting, interesting. You know, you talked about telling her thank you all the time. Obviously, I thanked her every chance I possibly could. After we had got done working and the angle was over and we went our separate ways, one of the things that I will always appreciate and remember is showing up to the building and May and Mula wanting to come and say hello to me and Devon. Like, they would walk up to us. Here's the fabulous Mula 
who I grew up with as a fan in New York, as the longest reigning champion in the history of the WWF. She was the women's champion for like 20 years or whatever it was. She basically owned the joint when it came to women's wrestling. And then, and then you know, and, and Mae Young, who was becoming a star all over again at the age of 75 to 80, and they would want to come say hello to us and give us a hug and give us a kiss and like, oh, so nice to see you. And to be welcomed by veterans like that in the industry was such a big deal to me. I wish now at 50 with my maturity in life and my maturity in the business that I could say thank you to them. Cause I think now I can, tr I could truly show just how much I appreciate it. Cause now I know yeah. we both know now, now we're at that age in the business where it's everything is crystal clear. Now you get yeah. it. You don't have, you don't know anything at 20. You don't know anything at 30. At 40, maybe you, your eyes start to open and your ears start to open. And at 50, you're like, oh, now yeah. I get it. So yeah. I, I wish, I, I do wish that they were around. Uh, in closing, Mark, I just, I love May to Death. Um, God bless her. I appreciate uh, everything that she did for me. Um, and that's it. I, I don't know what else I can possibly say. And I, I know she meant the world uh, uh, to you. So why don't you take us home with anything? Anything like did you want to tell the fans about her that you never got to say before? You know, I wish that pro wrestling tees or one of these big time memorabilia companies would do a Mae Young shirt and all the proceeds go to whatever charities that she loved the most, uh, you know, go to helping women wrestlers uh, get trained properly and paid for. So they, you know, ones that can't pay for it themselves, something to that effect. And I don't know if that's a WWE thing. I don't know if that's a, a thing that should be done through, you know, one of these, you know, companies, if they can work out a license and agreement with her family. But I, I do feel like that's a necessary thing. Uh, she was special to women's wrestling, and she was special and special to wrestling as a whole uh, of pro wrestling. So uh, I, I love the death man. Like I, I miss them days. I'm I'm getting a little choked up, and <clears throat> she was definitely a special lady for, to, to the both of us, w w without a doubt. On a side note, I love it when you cry. I really do. You're so emotional. I love it. Because you are Mr. Emotion and I'm Mr. Unemotion. So we're like yin and yang. And you're crying about May and I'm smiling about May. And I think we're running the gamut of emotions right here because of what she meant. And look at this. She's dead and she still got us so emotional about her, right? Look at you. You just made fists, which is the biggest compliment you could pay about how strong you feel about her. Yeah. Hey, thanks for sharing the time with me today. I really appreciate that we could spend this time together just one-on-one -on -one, talking about a woman that we love, talking about a woman that meant so much to us both uh, personally and professionally. God bless May Young. We love you to death. Busted Open Nation, thank you very much for tuning in to another edition of the Masters Class.
See ya. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for Sirius XM. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President of Sports Programming and Podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. For 25 years, nothing has tasted better after a hard day's work than a Mike's Hard Lemonade. It's because since day one, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. We use three kinds of lemons, all hand-picked from family farms, then blended to perfection in cold press to create the epic hard lemonade you know and love. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.